0: Who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group text just news to 989898 98 98 right now. Hello, America, and happy Tuesday. We've got a great show for you. And we're gonna spend most of the day talking about spy balloons and shootdowns and border security, border security in the air, because our border extends well beyond the physical border on land our borders in the air have been incurred at least once by a chinese spy balloon three times by things that may not really have been much of a threat but joe biden plucked them out of the sky anyways We're going to have a great conversation today. Two people are going to be on the show back-to-back. Mark Morgan, the former commissioner of the Customs Border Protection Agency, the man who protected our borders under both President Obama and President Trump. He's going to be here at the top of the show, and then we're going to turn to one of the national security experts, one of the best and strongest and most respected national security experts we have in the country, Fred Flights, former chief of staff to the National Security Council. We're going to ask the fundamental questions about Where we stand in the process of securing our borders, both virtually in the skies and below, what these objects may be, what may be the real motivation of the Biden administration in shooting down the three most recent objects, maybe to cover for the failed mission of taking down the Chinese spy balloon until after it had traversed the entire United States. Those are important questions. We're going to get to them. But first, I wanted to give you a little tiny listen of what it is that the White House press secretary, the official spokeswoman for the Biden administration, what she said when she was trying to describe the shoot downs, what NORAD is. No, it's not just the Santa Tracker NORAD, it is the sky patrol for the United States security in the air. Listen to this incredible exchange on CNN with Corinne Jean-Pierre and a CNN reporter The word salad is inexplicable, but it sort of matches the overall messaging of the Biden administration. Just take a listen. Why is why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada?
1: Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD okay. is part of like a it, part of a, it's a, it's a, what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, 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 a pact, so okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that. Again, we didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in, in, uh, in uh, clearly in, 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 in step with uh, right. Canada.
0: Oh my gosh. I can't remember another time that a press secretary so badly fumbled an answer. If that was Donald Trump or George W. Bush's press secretary or Ronald Reagan's press secretary giving an answer like that, it would have led every newscast and it would have been on every comedy show. But here's the thing about it, and I know maybe it's just one badly performing spokesperson who's really stumbled badly as the press secretary, but It's part of a larger problem with this administration, something we want to talk to Mark Morgan and Fred Flights about. The messaging of the Biden administration lacks such clarity, is so jumbled, not just when the president does it, which he's famous for, but all across the board, that when we're done, allies and adversaries alike have to be scratching their head, which is not a good situation for national security. I'm going to ask Fred Flights about this later in the show. I'm also having Mark Meadows, the former White House Chief of Staff, on our television show tonight. We'll ask him that. But just think of that moment. What if you're an ally saying, wait a second, what the heck is the Biden administration trying to tell me? The answer is we don't know. They may not know what they're trying to tell you. If you can't describe what NORAD is, if you can't even remember that Canada is a country, not Canadian, maybe you're in the wrong profession or in the wrong leadership position. Again, I don't want to pick on any one person, but this is not isolated to one person. It's Joe Biden one day. It's Kamala cackling Harris the next day. It's cringe jean Pierre a day after that. And let's think about what happened after this massive explosion out in Ohio. Just think what uh, happened when Pete Buttigieg had an opportunity yesterday To address this extraordinary toxic plume, Ohio train crash, which now has become an environmental and health crisis, Ohio and neighboring West Virginia, two red states, by the way, which the Biden administration hasn't shown a lot of concern for. Pete Buttigieg was out in front of county commissioners, could have stepped up to the plate and said, "Hey, I understand the concerns in Ohio, and I'm going to jump in." Instead, he talked about woke policies, equity, and transportation. There's toxic plume that was sent into the air, into the ground. There are fish and reports of animals dying. And we're talking about the hypothetical liberal ideology of equity. Those are the sort of things that I think further muddle the message, further erode the confidence of Americans around the country in their president and his cabinet. And it extends beyond our shores, because if you're an ally or an adversary, You sense that this administration can't communicate, can't decide, can't execute. Remember Afghanistan? Remember the Chinese spy balloon? These are questions that actually impact the security of this great nation, the security of you and I on the ground. Adversaries emboldened, allies absolutely reeling from this sort of president and his teams communication skills they can't define the american interest they can't define the solution they can't define even their own strategy they can't even define a military alliance like norad those are very troubling things and it's part of the reason we have this show so we can have a conversation because most in the mainstream media the traditional media just don't cover these moments if they were donald trump moments they'd be all over them but they're not when it comes to joe biden he's been in the witness protection program from the beginning but these are consequential moments because our allies, our adversaries, everyday citizens absorb them and go, oh my gosh, what do we do next? And they could factor into decisions like China deciding what to do with Taiwan, Russia deciding what to do with Ukraine, so many, uh, Iran deciding what to do with its nuclear weapons program why we have this conversation all right we'll take that quick commercial break when we come back we're going to start off with mark morgan the former head of the custom and border protection agency and then we'll turn to the former chief of staff of the national security council one of the great intelligence experts in this country fred flights in the second half of the show two great guests two big discussions right ahead after these commercial messages who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us justnews. That's amac.us justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Just News. That's TNUSA.com slash Just News. All right, folks. Welcome back from the commercial break. Our next guest has one of the most distinguished law enforcement careers I can think of, from the L.A. Police Department to the FBI to commissioner of the incredible Border Protection Agency in America. He is our good friend, Mark Morgan. He joins us right now. Mark, great to have you back on the show. John, thanks for having me anytime. Normally, we start at the border down in the south, but I thought we'd maybe start with the aerial border that has been incurred a lot in the last few weeks. Balloons, China, maybe innocent weather balloons in some other cases. For the first time in a very long time, a look at the protection of our country from the border above in the sky. Your thoughts on the extraordinary two weeks that we have just had?
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly right, John. And look, For the past couple of years, specifically, we've been so overly focused on the southern border. But we've been saying for a very, very long time that that to protect our nation, it's not just about the southern border and it's not just about our land borders. Some people forget about the northern border, for example. The the shared border with the United States and Canada is actually two and a half times the 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 land border we share with mexico our northern border is over 5,000 linear miles that we share with canada and there's a real uh threat the intelligence community said whether through uh, canadian homegrown violent extremists it also has one of the largest maritime environments that we share between two nations in addition that we have our coastal waterways as well and and our air i mean it's all the threat it's all our vulnerability it's a massive issue right now across our country but again most of our concern is just on the land southern border.
0: Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. You know the importance of the projection of strength to American foreign and domestic policy. The idea that Joe Biden let a clear Chinese espionage balloon float the entire United States before shooting it down. He let it complete its mission before they took it down in the waters over the Atlantic. What message does that send to adversaries and allies alike, as well as anyone who might be thinking of doing some mischief in the United States after seeing this? So,
2: so John, this is a tough one for me because I, I still want to believe that we have the, the strongest, most capable military in the free world. So there, there's a, a, when, when they first decided, hey, we're not going to shoot down the balloon, you know right away they I, I gave them deference but then they started saying well we are concerned about debris if, if they would have said this if they if they would have said just something a little bit different i would have been up play that makes sense If they would have said, hey, we're concerned right now with respect, if we take this balloon down, China's going to, they did this on purpose to see what our capabilities are and how we'd actually interdict something in the sky, right? That's a real concern. That's a real concern. I also know that, look, we have the most sophisticated electronic measures, so I'm confident that they were able to cut off any signal that was emanating from that balloon going back to China, but still, it just didn't make sense for it, like you said, for it to transverse across the entire United States before they finally take it down. It doesn't make sense, and it doesn't add up and line up with what they're telling the American people. And then with the the, the additional incursions, I, I also agreed with the rhetoric that's going out there, where is the president? I mean, right now you have all, we're talking about, we have all these individuals that are speculating, they're coming up with these theories, and they're all over the place from A to Z. The President of the United States should get on TV, address the nation, and tell us what's going on. It would end all the speculation, and the American people deserve that, John. Yeah.
0: No, they do. Clarity. That's all. And you see Democrats now clamoring for it too. (laughs) It isn't just Republicans. Across the board, there is frustration with the President's handling of this and so many things before it as well. A uh, very powerful moment. And, Jonathan, if, if I could say, China, like we know, China is different.
2: It, China is the threat to this nation. China is the threat to the, to, to the world. It's not Russia, it's China. And, and so the fact that these balloons emanated from China, it should be a significant issue for all of us and a significant concern for all of us. So that White House, they can't treat this as, as, as something normal when it's coming from one of the largest adversaries, not only to our nation, but to the entire globe. Again, I think they're falling short on letting American people know exactly what's going on.
0: Yeah, so important. It's been so piecemeal and so disconcerting to watch the lack of clarity, the lack of information. There was even a moment on TV. I don't know if you had a chance to see it on CNN last night where Corinne Jean-Pierre is on and she can't describe what NORAD is. In fact, the journalist was so embarrassed. He was trying to help her. It's a coalition that protects North America. And then at the end, she calls it Canadian instead of Canada. It was such a cringeworthy moment, but it seems like even when they do try to Give us some little piece of information. They fumble the basics of it. It has to be frustrating to be an ally trying to get clarity because there can't be much clarity. Now, I'm going to go take us down south, but stay with China. Normally, we talk about the southern border, about many other countries trying to penetrate it, Cuba, Venezuela. But there was a report, the most recent report from CBP. That the growth in Chinese nationals being encountered at the southern border illegally has grown 700% in a single year. Nothing in China happens by accident. Any assessment of what might be going on there?
2: Again, we'll go back to how we started. The the reason we should be paying attention to this is not just the sheer volume of of the increase 700%. Again, it's China. Everybody that, that comes from a country such as China, and there's other countries, whether it's Uzbekistan or or, or other countries, we call them SIA, Special Interest Aliens, either because they're coming from a country that are adversaries, and/or we believe that the country uh, potentially is tied to terrorism, either facilitating it or financing it, and and so when you have individuals from these countries, that that's always of a additional interest and concern, but especially when they've skyrocketed, as you said, seven hundred percent just in the past, you know, twenty-four months is absolutely alarming, John. And the issue, look, we, and this is another thing that we're not getting from DHS. We're not getting from this administration. They're just not being transparent. So the question is, we don't know. Now, when you look at the demographics, what I understand, most of them are family units. But I don't know what that means, right? Is that, is that, is that just they're simply fleeing Russia, I mean, fleeing China because they want to go? Or, as you said, China doesn't allow anything unintentionally. So we should be looking at this. We should be asking questions. And this administration should be giving us some clarity on what that means. But they're not. Zero. They they don't tell us anything. I mean, we had to we had to, to force it out of them. To for, for them to tell us the number of illegal aliens on the terror screening database they're encountering. But yet this administration won't tell us who they are, what the derogatory information is, or how many they've released versus how many they've removed, or to what extent we believe there's derogatory information on these individuals connected to terrorist activity. I could go on and on and on. There's such a high degree of lack of transparency with respect to this administration.
0: Yeah, there sure is, there sure is. And it's uh, consistent, if, uh, if nothing else, It's been consistent, and I think that maybe it's the most frustrating consistency is the inability to get any straight story out of them. As you look out now, the numbers eased a little bit in January as they often do in the winter, but still enormously high illegal migration. There is the moment now where Republicans crafting the 2024. Fiscal budget will have the opportunity to use the power of the purse to maybe force Joe Biden to enforce the laws on the book. What are you hearing on that? I know Heritage has put together some fantastic ideas for addressing the border. What do you think the play is for Republicans in Congress to force a good outcome and finally get the border under some form of control?
2: John, so first of all, if I can, talk about the numbers real quick. So we have seen a significant drop in those illegally entered in between the ports of entry or southern border. That's a fact. But the way this administration has accomplished it is through a perversion and violation of the law. And here's what I'll tell you. As, as they're, they're claiming victory, mission accomplishment already in the flag, we still have, just on the southwest border, border patrol alone was still a, almost 130,000 uh, apprehensions in a single day uh, period only on the southwest border only by border patrol. That is still a catastrophic crisis on the southern border. But what's very important that people have to pay attention is this. This is why we're calling it a shell game, because this administration, Secretary Mayorkas, has simply made a deal with migrants from around the world, 171 different countries. They said, look, in exchange for you stopping to illegally enter and file fraudulent claims, We'll we'll let you get on the CBP1 app, make an appointment to come to a port of entry where we will continue to look the other way. As you continue to file fraudulent claim, we will process and continue to release you in the United States. So as they're claiming the numbers in between the ports of entry have gone down since 2021, the past 24 months, at the ports of entries, those that they're processing and releasing has increased 212 percent, 212 percent. They simply shifted the crisis from in between the borders to the ports of entry. They're lying to the American people. They're not being honest about that. Now, with the Republicans, John, you and I have talked. I've been hopeful but skeptical because let's remember, under Trump, the Republicans had the House uh, and the Senate and the White House, and they failed to pass a single piece of border security legislation that would have stopped about 85% of what's happening now. And so what are we seeing right now? John, we're seeing a repeat. Chip Roy is championing H.R. 29, a border security bill right now. And we've got three Republicans that have been very vocal about opposing it, and they've prevented that bill from getting to the floor for a vote. A border security bill, John. In fact, Tony Gonzalez, Representative Tony Gonzalez, he's actually lying about what the bill is. He says that it's going to deny people lawful asylum claims. That's just a lie. It's not true. And, and so I am skeptical that the Republicans now will do what they need to They're already showing. They're, they're already bowing.
0: Wow, that is a disappointing assessment, and it seems as though we need to watch. Listen, to, you're right. The Republicans have had numerous chances for 20 decades where they own the entire town, and every time they had an excuse. If it wasn't Mitch McConnell, it was Paul Ryan. <clears throat> if it wasn't Paul Ryan, it was the business community. But inaction is not a form of success.
2: And, John, if, if I could real quick,
0: I, I'm sorry, I know we're running out of time, but the Republicans have had the past two years.
2: They've had the past two years to get their act together, to have a a, a strong border security bill that everybody supported. It should have been HR one. It should have been the first bill on the floor for a vote to secure our border because nothing else is killing more Americans and migrants right now than our wide-open southwest border, and the Republicans have failed to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, the fentanyl crisis is just jaw-dropping to see its toll on America. I want to turn to one of your old employers, the FBI, where you gave two decades of great service. We look now, and I had a story this weekend that looked at four instances where in each instance, the FBI took information from a overtly liberal partisan group. And turned it into some form of investigative or intelligence lead only to have it enormously backfire and embarrass the FBI. Russia collusion, great example. That came from a Democratic campaign. Parents are domestic terrorists. That came from a left leaning school board association group. Catholics are white supremacist extremists. If they go to Latin mass, that came from the Southern Poverty Law Center. It goes on and on and on and on. The inability of the FBI to recognize that partisan groups are trying to manipulate the system for political gain and the FBI is playing either the willing fool or the body of evidence is so strong. What is going on in this dynamic and how do we stop it? How do we cure the FBI? Because it's such an important institution.
2: Yeah, I think the most important question, John, is how do you cure it? And I don't know. I spent 20 years in the FBI, and for the first time in, in my governmental service, I mean, my entire life has, has been serving this country from a Marine all the way to ending as a commissioner of CBP, 20 years in the FBI and very disheartened. I talked to FBI colleagues, both that are still active duty and retired, and, and the majority of individuals that I talked to share the same disappointment, and, and it's it's disheartening for me. But as you said, what, what, what I think was, has happened is uh, in the history of the FBI, what made the FBI one of the greatest uh, uh, in, in law enforcement and national security agencies in the, in the face of the planet was that you left your politics, your personal feelings, your ideology, fill in the edges if you want. When you place that badge on your chest or you walk through the doors of an FBI building, you left all that stuff at the threshold. And what I'm seeing is there's a shift that 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 ideology is actually seeping in. And it's actually affecting how rank and file look at their job. They're seeing it through a, pr- a, a you know, prism and a lens through their ideology rather than the Constitution. And it's in the, it's in the FBI's mission statement, protect American people and uphold the Constitution, period. Ideology stays, at the, uh, stays a- outside. Now I'll give you another example of why that's shifted. Remember 2020 riots, we had FBI agents on duty doing their job and they were assigned to protect in the Lincoln Memorial in uniform with FBI crossed their chest, they knelt down in solidarity to a movement. That is unconscionable. That is exactly why the American people have lost trust in the FBI and our system of justice, because they let their personal ideology impact their work and on display for the entire world to see. And the same thing has happened here. This is common sense from an intelligent perspective, you, you don't rely on a single source. I don't care if the single source is credible and verified for decades. You still don't rely on a single source, let alone a source that you know is driven by an ideology is known to be left-leaning or right-leaning. I mean, reporters, a, a, a reporter right out of the get-go that's been on a job for five minutes knows you can't rely on sources like that. But the, the, the reason why that was allowed to happen is because there was ideology that was involved in multiple, layers that allowed this intelligence bulletin to get out.
0: Such a great assessment. And you see that, Mark, there's a footnote in this Catholic memo, the memo written out of the Richmond FBI Bureau by an analyst that said that Catholics who go to Latin mass posed an extremist threat to America, obviously. It's not the job of the FBI to insinuate itself into faith or religion. But in one of the footnotes, when he's talking about women who are pregnant, He doesn't call them mothers, he calls them pregnant people, using the generic leftist pronoun terminology that the left wants, clearly signaling his own political biases. There's an idea that I've been talking to some experts about, which is a lot of the people who have crossed the line and gotten into trouble were either lawyers, intelligence analysts, or executives, all who skip the FBI Academy, right? They come in sideways into the FBI without that incredible training that the academy gives, without that drilled in adherence to the DIOG, the domestic investigations guide. Is it time maybe to say, hey, if you want a leadership job or an intelligence job or a lawyer's job, you still got to go through the academy like other FBI agent. Might that create a mindset and might it also fish out or uh, suss out some of these people who really are getting there for ideological purposes, but don't really want to go through the pain of being a great agent?
2: If you would have asked that question me about maybe six, seven years ago, I would have said unequivocally yes. But here's the truth is that, again, a lot of that's being driven right now is being driven by executives, FBI special agent executives that did go to the academy. And actually, I was a former assistant director of the FBI's academy in Quantico, and all intelligence analysts actually go through training. In fact, much of their training, they're side by side with agents, like the dialogue, for example, because the dialogue is the same whether you're an agent or an analyst. Um, and so, so a lot of them do go through the training. And again, what I see right now also is it's not just executives, it's not just the analysts, but it's permeated down to the rank and file in that, that example that I gave you. And so, but John, it was a very good catch that you 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 found right where they refer to instead of a you know a a woman being pregnant, it was a person. That to me, that that clearly foot stomps what I was saying about how ideology has seeped in to to some of the lowest levels in the FBI. It's it can to the southwest border when when they changed the the statutory meaning of illegal alien to undocumented non citizen. Right. I mean, the statute there, there there is law, statutory language that defines an illegal alien. If you look up alien in the dictionary, it's clearly defined there. But yet, this woke uh, um, ideology-driven administration is changing that for reasons. And so that, I think, highlights how the ideologies, it permeated down to the lowest levels, and that is filtering the lens of which they see the same set of facts, and that's very damaging. And that is exactly why, in part, the American people have lost trust in this organization. And, John, if I can say, where the heck is the director of the FBI? I mean, either he's filled with naivete, ignorance or arrogance.
0: That's such an important point, isn't it?
2: I, I mean, where is he? He knows he knows that the American people have lost trust in the FBI, whether he believes it or not, whether he believes it justified or not is of no moment, because that's the fact. If I, was the, if I was the director of FBI right now, I would tell my deputy director, you've got operations. You've got it. You're, you're good at what you do. I'm going to get out there and rebuild the public's trust in this organization. That should be his sole mission. Instead, he sticks his head in the sand, says our workforce speaks for itself, and it doesn't.
0: Yeah, such an important point to make. Leadership stops at the top, and there's been such a... Deafening silence from the director on all of these wrong moments. And this leaves you wonder who's in charge right now. It's a pretty powerful question to be asking at this moment in our history. Last question for you. What should we be watching on the border security front over the next few months? Weather's going to get warmer. The temptations are there. And I thought the most important thing you've been highlighting to people is that that shell game that's going on, which is, all right, the focus is on uh, the illegal crossings at the border border. And in the gaps, why don't we just move everyone to the ports of entry and and say there's not a crisis now? How does that affect the immigration debate over the next few months? It feels like it's a show game, right? Same inflow, just moving them to different optics.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. And so I, I'm already seeing the, the the movement to like, look, there's progress being made, and it's 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 a feigned progress. It's a lie. So so what we have to do, American people have to pay attention. They have to ask the right questions. We, we need to hold our congressional members accountable to, to ask the right questions. And they need to start following the data. Like I said, as, as the numbers of those illegally entering between the ports of entry go down, those flowing to the ports of entry have skyrocketed by 212%. The facts don't lie, the numbers don't lie, they're shifting the burden. And, and I'll tell you, and the way they're able to shift the burden from in between the ports of entry, they're not actually addressing the crisis because you'll see the overall flow isn't, isn't going down is it's a perversion, violation of law. They're mass paroling people in. That's in direct violation of the parole, which is supposed to be on an individual case-by-case basis for a humanitarian uh, reason or significant public benefit. But there are these four countries. If you're from these four countries, that's it. You You, you come on in. That's a clear violation of law. In addition, this secretary knows, John, he knows that the overwhelming 90 percent of those that claim asylum do not get relief in the end. He knows the overwhelming majority are economic migrants that they're filing knowingly and willfully false claims. But he's allowing them to walk up to a point of entry, still file a, a, a false claim and then be released in the United States. And he's claiming victory simply because he shifted the burden from one area to another.
0: So precisely described it. Your expertise on this and the ability to boil it down to everyday Americans is so important because there's so much gobbledygook in Washington. And I think the Democrats live in that gobbledygook. They bet on the fact that it's too complicated for Americans to understand the game. But the way you just described it, it couldn't be any more clear to folks. This is a shell game. And the same number of illegal migrants are coming into the country. All we've done is created the ruse, a port of entry. Exemption and, uh, we've got to, we got to get the Americans and we got to get Congress focused on closing that loophole down. Mark, it's always an honor to have you on the show. What's the best way to people, for people to stay in touch with all your great work? You do such great work at Heritage and, uh, you're always uh, weighing in with great stuff. What's the best way to follow your work?
2: Heritage.org as well as FairUS.org. Both of those, I'm a visiting fellow with both those organizations. And they put out some incredible information. Like you just mentioned, uh, uh, the, uh, several Heritage uh, members put out a great analysis on why Secretary America should be impeached. They did a historical perspective of meaning and intent and, and why he should be impeached. I really encourage people to go to the Heritage website, look that up, and they'll understand why Secretary America should
0: be impeached. Yeah, important, important stuff. Mark, a great honor to have you on. We're going to need you on soon again because there's so much going on in the world. But thanks for the time today. We learned a whole lot. You bet. Thanks, John. Good to talk to you. All right, folks, we'll be right back in a few minutes with a great conversation with Fred Flights right after this commercial break. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 98 98 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation, the way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. a field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down. And my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's field of greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks. Welcome back from the commercial break. Finally, Congress is getting some briefings on those unidentified objects that have been shot out of the sky not once, not twice, but four times in the last 10 or 11 days. Answers are coming in, and I think we're beginning to get a good picture. Clearly, the China spy balloon that traversed the entire United States is what we were told it is. It was an espionage effort. Not unsurri- not surprising, really, because people know that China spies in all different ways. The other three we're beginning to hear may actually have been more harmless research or spy mechanisms that didn't pose any immediate threat to the United States. But Joe Biden shot him down anyways, maybe to make up for the one he didn't shoot down. But we're going to try to make sense of all of this. We have the perfect guest, oh, one of the best national security experts this country has ever created, former CIA analyst former chief of staff to the national security council he is our good friend fred flights and he joins us right now fred great to have you back on the show hey john good to be here all right i think you called this one right out of the box but i want to see where today after we've absorbed all this information lake huron canada alaska south carolina to start it all four shootdowns. i can't remember anything ever shot out of the u.s guys four times but i think we're getting a little bit of clarity tell us what you think is going on here
1: Well, let's stipulate, first of all, although it may sound counterintuitive, balloons today are a valuable espionage platform. The U.S. uses them. Uh, They can loiter over a target. They can vacuum up huge amounts of data. I know we have satellites. Satellites are useful also. Balloons have other capabilities. The fact that this large balloon the size of three buses was allowed to drift across the entire United States, which it clear, it seems to clearly have been a maneuverable spy platform that may have been able to deploy a payload, meaning something that could be dropped on the earth. It was outrageous. And and I, I think that the Trump administration, uh, Biden administration suffered enormous uh, uh, damage to its reputation by allowing this to go across the country. And what I think happened, John, is that, they just decided to change the parameters to see what other balloons were there and i i actually think that the biden white house said to the military find another drone another balloon to shoot down that biden can order be shot down because he was pummeled so badly uh by by the first one and i don't think these other balloons were necessarily chinese they made they may have been legitimate balloons they may have been americans Uh, you know, you're allowed under international treaties, countries are allowed to uh, send up weather balloons and weather devices. It seems like these were shot down and we don't know what they were. And I was on an interview with Dick Morris on Newsmax, and he said, I just think Biden is shooting from the hip now to try to recover from the the PR disaster of the first balloon."
0: Yeah, that's definitely the readout I've been getting from intelligence and military sources. Uh, Basically, we staged a bunch of shootdowns to make up for the one we didn't shoot down. And what a mess it has become. I wanted to focus in on that first episode because you just gave such an astute analysis of what went on. When you take the sum total of the Biden presidency, starting with the first China summit in Anchorage, where the Chinese ate our lunch, then the Afghanistan withdrawal, then the leading from behind on the Russia-Ukraine war, and now this It seems to me whether you're an ally or an adversary of the United States, you have to be concerned about President Biden's stewardship and the lack of clarity and sort of the reactive way foreign policy is being carried out. Do you hear that as you mean you have great world context? Is the world looking in and saying, where is that leadership we're so used to from the United States?
1: I think that's happening. And I think there are Democrats in Congress who are upset. Jim Hines, who's the top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, he replaced Adam Schiff he's been complaining that the administration won't tell him anything about these balloons uh and and this particular balloon we only know about it because a reporter in Montana spotted it the administration didn't plan to tell the american people about it they planned to ignore it because biden was so insistent on getting secretary Uh, of, State Lincoln to China, where his primary job was to negotiate a new climate change agreement, Uh, the lack of seriousness, the incompetence, the bumbling of this administration, it's really dangerous, because we know that when America is seen as weak, it emboldens and, and encourages our adversaries to try things. North Korea tested over 75 missiles last year. That's, that's a historic record, twice the number, I think, in 2017 or, or 2016. They may soon test a nuclear device. China's threats to Taiwan have stepped up significantly. You know, we, we, what do we have, 18, uh, 19 months left in this administration? What's going to happen next?
0: Yeah, these are really important questions. And I think with Taiwan and Russia war, I, I've been thinking that for the last couple of weeks we've been so distracted by the balloon controversy that the world focus hasn't been on some of the progress that Russia has made in some parts of Ukraine and some of the assertive actions that China's been taking in their own backyard again, particularly around Taiwan. Are we a little distracted by frivolous things when there's a lot of serious stuff going on in the world right now? I think we're
1: being distracted. I don't think that was the intention of these balloons. I really think the administration was caught off guard. And uh, they were quite irritated at all the questions being yelled at President Biden about the balloon when they would like to blame all the nation's problems in the Republican House. Well, that has that hasn't been possible because all the news wants to ask Biden is what about the balloons? But you're right. It is distracting from uh, national security issues throughout the world. But this administration doesn't seem to ha- know how to deal with Russia's planning a huge offensive as the weather gets warmer in Ukraine. And it may have already begun and i believe ukraine needs the weapons to beat that back if there's any ch- my, my my question for the administration is how will this conflict end are we just simply going to arm ukraine endlessly uh thinking that will somehow uh get russia to withdraw or or is the administration basically supporting an endless war they have no exit plan and um we we have to find a way to support ukraine but also say to this administration, our support for Ukraine is not unlimited. We have to find a way out. We have to find a negotiated solution.
0: Yeah, and I think in the Donbass region, particularly on and around Bakhmut, we're going to see the sort of loss Ukraine has suffered for a while potentially, and that's going to send some shockwaves into the Western alliance here. I'm really shocked that in the State of the Union address a week ago, today that the president didn't finally say what the American interest, American objective, what the definition of victory would be in the Ukraine conflict. I know Republicans and Democrats are united that we want to support Ukraine, but clarity of purpose, clarity of what amounts to the victory is usually the key first thing you need in a conflict like this. Were you shocked that President Biden really didn't wade into that at all?
1: No, I, I. it was a terrible speech on so many grounds. I might also add there was not one reference to Iran. There was not one reference to North Korea. The language of China was very, very general and talked about China as a competitor. And uh, the language on the southern border tried to blame on Republicans. If only the Republicans would pass some, some bill Biden has talked about that would do nothing with the border, we wouldn't have this problem. It, it, it was a deflection. It was full of lies. And, and it just was another sign that this administration does not have a serious national security policy.
0: There's a moment on CNN last night where Corinne Jean-Pierre is trying to describe what NORAD is, and she is stumbling so much so that the journalist has to try to help her. Oh, it's a coalition. And and then she calls Canada, Canadia. (laughs) When you have that sort of moment where your chief spokeswoman can't do the basics of government. I mean, I assume most people go, oh, my gosh, we're in the wrong hands right now. It was such an amazing moment. A lot of people have been talking about it today. It isn't just the communications capabilities, though. It seems as though people like Jake Sullivan and Anthony Blinken really don't have a lens by which American interests are defined. Is that a fair assessment of the Biden administration? There's really no basic definition of the American interest.
1: I I think that's right. And I mean, we have Biden who is in mental decline, doesn't have serious national security policies. And he is surrounded, as we've talked about before, by extremely weak officials. And thats I think he didn't want somebody uh, who, who would outshine him. I mean, they're, they're worse than yes men. They don't seem to have any original thoughts. If Biden was serious about salvaging his foreign policy, he would fire all these people, bring in some serious Democrats like Leon Panetta or Jane Harman. Uh, uh, Bob Gates. I don't agree with them, but they would be you know, considerably better. And I think they think for themselves and stand up to this president's incompetence. But uh, that's not what Biden wants. Yeah,
0: it's pretty extraordinary. While this is going on, there was this all call from the State Department. I think maybe the second time it's happened in six, seven months. All U.S. citizens leave Russia now, either a significant threat of terrorism or a significant threat. You're going to be detained on false pretenses. Obviously, most Americans left in Russia probably have already known that risk. But any idea why that message at this particular moment? I
1: I don't. I don't know. uh, You'd have to be awfully foolish if you're an American and you're you're still in Russia. uh, But there there must be uh, intelligence of of some new threat to American citizens in the country. But my hope is there there are (laughs) next to no Americans left.
0: There was a moment this morning, the field for president in 2024 got a little wider, Nikki Haley, a former colleague of yours, former UN ambassador in the Trump administration, former governor of South Carolina, she joins the race, like President Trump, has always been able to articulate the triple threat that Iran, China, and Russia pose to the United States, much different than the way Joe Biden defines it. How do you assess her entry into the race? What might it do to the dialogue as the twenty twenty four field widens a little bit?
1: I like Nikki Haley. I think she did a great job, but with a nonprofit organization, I'm I'm not going to comment on the presidential race.
0: Yeah, that's a fair thing. I understand that a lot. Last question, as we look out over the next few weeks, there are so many big moments. Israel's very worried about Iran and getting to that moment where nuclear weaponry is potentially possible. China's thinking about invading Taiwan, if you believe the generals in their recent warnings. And of course, the Russia war seems to be turning on a new offensive. What are the most important issues we should be watching for as bellwethers of what America should do in each of those three crises?
1: I think we're looking at a tipping point in Ukraine. If Ukraine does does not hold back the Russians and make some gains, we could see this war going in a very negative direction uh, for the Ukrainian army. And I I, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, I, this this may be the last last attempt by 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 Russia to push forward. I'm really worried whether China is looking at this incompetent administration and calculating that, whether if it makes a move on Taiwan, it has to do so before January 2025. Um, Cause it, 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 look at the way this, this balloon was mishandled and so many other things. This, this, they may view this as a golden opportunity concerning Iran. Iran is getting closer to a nuclear weapon. I don't think they're months away for, for technical reasons. I, I don't want to get into right now, uh, but they are getting much closer. And, uh, I think that's going to lead to much more aggressive efforts by Israel to, to destroy and to sabotage Iran's nuclear program. Yeah,
0: that's so amazing. There's a fun story, I just want to ask you about this. It was in Politico, and it recounts a moment when Nancy Pelosi was in Taiwan last summer where the Biden administration was mortified, kind of turned it into an international incident when it didn't need to be. But while she's there, one of the founders of Taiwan's extraordinary chip-making capabilities told her that she thought that the U.S. was in over its skis and it didn't understand the China threat and that it was playing small ball and China was playing a much major league effort at not only disrupting the supply chain, but really moving to the world's global superpower. A very pointed message to a Democrat who's been friendly to Taiwan. Do you think Democrats understand, and I ask this because there's been some very bipartisan votes on China in the last few weeks, that maybe Joe Biden's on the wrong side of China and that the rest of this country has to create a counterweight, a counterbalance to him?
1: I think the the uh, whole landscape is changing. Uh, a very large number of Democrats voted for the creation of the special committee on China that the new Republican House Uh, have called for an anti pelosi ignored pleas for that for years a small number condemned it as racist of course but there's a lot of democrats who are worried and i believe these balloons whatever they are americans blame them on china and i think it is uh, it has caused a number of americans to open their eyes to the threat from this nation that sent this giant balloon the size of three school buses across our entire nation Uh, it's it's going to be harder for the administration Uh, to continue to ignore this threat and to portray China as, you know, uh, an innocuous competitor. Look, France is a competitor. Mexico is a competitor. The U.K. is a competitor. Uh, China is an adversary. Maybe we should say an enemy. It's not planning. Competitors play by the rules. They compete with other people in a fair game. That's not what China is doing right now.
0: It should be reminded that it was the Trump administration and John Bolton and you and National Security Council experts that really began sounding the alarm on China sometime A long time ago, actually, but all through the Trump years, it seems like Democrats and the public are finally catching up to the very prescient warnings that you gave as a leader in our country. Fred, it's always an incredible honor to have you on the show. We always get clarity and and great answers and a lot of foresight. And I really, really appreciate it. I hope to get you back on real soon.
1: Hey, John, good to be here.
0: You as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. A big thank you to Mark Morgan. Big thank you to Fred Flights. Very important conversations, very thoughtful conversations, not partisan, really conversations coming from a position of what should we do to help this great country and our institutions, whether the FBI. National Security Council or NORAD? Uh, Those are important questions indeed. Hey, I wanted to point out something because I'm always proud when just the news has a significant amount of new impact and and, and our stories are regularly having impact. But yesterday I told you about the IRS story and the, the Phil Klein matter and how this one group Was questioned as it was getting its tax exempt status from the IRS about disinformation. So basically, what I called it was Lois Lerner, the original crackdown artist on conservative tax exempt groups, meets the disinformation office. Because what the IRS was doing was asking conservatives how they're going to make sure their opinions aren't disinformation under a liberal definition. Well, now that has become a very important piece of dialogue, and the House Oversight Committee began requesting documents yesterday, and several members of Congress, including Andy Biggs, sounded off on the TV show last night. Impact. People have been moved to action as a result of all of the that we've been doing. And of course, as you know, we did a lot of work on the Wuhan Virology Institute, the possibility that there was a lab leak there, which the U.S. Intelligence Committee now says is real. There has been a damning audit of that funding and in the last few hours. Congressman Scott Perry and Senator Joni Ernst have put together legislation to defund that animal lab. No reason for the United States government to be funding that, these lawmakers said. And, well, that's a, a direct result of the reporting we've done here at Just the News. So IRS, well, inquiry beginning with Republicans on that. And then, of course, Wuhan Institute of Virology now potentially being defunded. Two big, important stories on the horizon today. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of this. Thanks for supporting our advertisers and our sponsors and our partners. We can't do this without their support. They can't do what they do in supporting us without your support, so be sure to go out and all the people you heard on this show, go support them. Great products, great services, great values. They're great partners for Just the News and John Solomon Reports. Thanks for listening, God bless you. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News.